0: you Just... back to another episode of nurture and support i am mel at karmic nine
1: this is kelly at k-e-l-l-y-t-h-u-l on twitter
2: and instagram thank you guys again for having me on i am dr mike everybody at official pagan on everything and day one supporter so it's great to be back again i say (laughs) that to make sure that everybody understands i'm better than them because i was listening from the first episode
0: you may be our only listener but hey
1: Does it count that I listen to it when I edit it? Does that count? I guess probably. I
0: think it does. Yeah. I we'll think say it Wait,
1: does. do you not
2: go back and listen to your own podcast, Kelly? I just edited it, <laughs> so right.
0: I, he I, already I, knows what happened. One, don't. he was there. Two, he edited it. I
1: relived it. You know, in a series of pauses as I take out all of my repeated words and everything. So, on occasion, I do listen to my but I'm much more, uh, once is usually enough. <laughs> so, oh, hey, like and subscribe, folks, if you get a chance on <laughs> our YouTube channel or on Google Play or Stitcher or wherever you like. We'd really appreciate it if you would like, subscribe, follow, do everything, favorite, whatever you can do to it, do to it, please.
0: Share, all that cool stuff. Yeah.
1: Hey, have you uh, ever looked at the Nurturing Support Twitter account, Mel? <laughs>
0: It's been a while, I'll admit it.
1: Yeah, me too. We should probably fix that. Don't tweet to us. Tweet at our handles uh, for now, because we got to see if we remember the password and stuff.
0: <laughs> so. yeah, but We're bad podcasters. I yeah. think we had our Tumblr anniversary recently. I think I got an email for that, but you know, that automatically updates <laughs> every time a blog post goes up. So we're on Tumblr.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Tumblr, too. What do you what do you do on Tumblr? Is is it a favorite, a like, a subscribe, a follow? What's the connecting? Uh, you,
0: you follow you follow people okay. on Tumblr. Yeah, you like I, I used your porn to.
2: Hub pages.
0: Well, you know, I think they got rid of all the porn on Tumblr a while back, and so you know, subscribership like
2: that's why I was surprised
1: you said you guys are on Tumblr.
0: Right. So yeah, it's still there. We're I think.
1: On, yeah, and America Online. We're big. We're huge on America Online. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, we are. Hey, you know, I have had a real uptick in people giving me AOL email addresses to contact them. So I mean AOL is still at least in email form, is still out there. There are still hordes of people. With AOL email addresses. So I find that bizarre, but I deal with that at my job. I'm still working
2: my way through my free minutes disks.
0: And when you get done with them, you can make some nice tree art outside your office building.
1: You could do one of your many, many um, rooms in the compound, Mike, and do it all in AOL CDs. That would be I kind of like that. Yeah. Or the three and a half inch diskettes. And I have a big start for you. <laughs> if you want to start to glue those bad boys up to the wall. That'd be a conversation starter.
0: That could work. So are we going to get into recommendations now?
1: Yeah, I was going to thank everybody for listening. But yeah. <laughs> probably okay. Gonna, no. Okay. Say, and then wrap the show up. But that's a, right. yeah, maybe we'll do oh. some recommendations. So, we'll,
0: we'll do we'll do a quick recommendation here. Steph. I have a really quick one that I have a definite love-hate relationship with. It's an app or a game. I should say Uh, available.
1: I thought it was Mike.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That would be you. (laughs) I love Mike.
1: Oh, okay. Thank you, Mel. I love you too.
0: (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So this game is available on iOS and Android. It's one of those card games slash match three type games. It's called Legendary Game of Heroes and I really don't know how I got sucked into this game. I wish I could explain it, but I really can't. I think it got featured on the app store at one point, and it has really cool artwork for the cards that they use in the game. And there was a cute little story about how their the developers' kids designed some of the heroes that are used on the cards. So, and when I say that, though, don't think that the cards are cutesy or anything. Obviously, someone else comes in and makes them pretty uh, badass. And many of the female heroes are very well proportioned for the demographic. So, so it, you're
2: saying the kids didn't do that?
0: No, no. But they come up with some of the ideas for, I guess, some of the heroes. And that that's, in my memory, how I first got connected to this game that I thought that was a cool, cute story. And that's when I downloaded the game. And I don't think I really played it for a while. And I must have been extraordinarily bored one day because I started playing it. And I really like match three games, but I really haven't played a whole lot of the card type games where you collect a, a particular deck of heroes that you're battling against other people for. This isn't specifically against other people until you get into joining a guild, and playing Guild Wars. So how this works is you collect cards of particular heroes. Every month, they have this event with a theme. And then every week, they have different smaller events That they coincidentally have decks that will help you win in these events, but you usually have to pay for them. And they do a really good job of funneling people into putting out a couple bucks here and there to get either gems, to buy a card... Or they, they have this really neat system where you never know what you're going to get. You pay in your gems, and then, you know, it's a free-for-all. You're pulling from the vault, quote-unquote. Y'all can't see my air quotes there. And there's no telling what card you're going to get at that point. Sometimes you get lucky, and a whole lot of other times you're like, that's a crap card, I don't need that. And you've spent all this, all these gems, i.e. money, on it. So again, this is the basis of my love-hate relationship with this game. I really enjoy aspects of it, but it's got to be one of the most expensive <laughs> games on a phone that I've ever I've ever played. So I have to rein myself back and go, "Nah, I'm not spending money." On this game this week. You can play without having to put money into it, but you're going to have to play for a while to build up and get into a guild and then rely on your guild to gift gems to you or other things to help you evolve your cards. So your basic gameplay is you, it, it tells you that you need a particular type of hero. The heroes are based on earth, air, fire, water, light, and dark. And it'll tell you what type of hero you need and any special abilities that will help you. And then you kind of rummage through all the cards you've collected trying to come up with ones that will work. Or you can just pour in a bunch of money and buy the deck they have for sale that week. Then you match gems of the corresponding color of the cards to power up those cards and attack the boss that you're playing against. So every time you do that, you then get points that you then use to evolve your cards and make them more powerful. So it's it's pretty standard in that effect. But I've really been impressed by the developers in this game on how well they funnel people into putting money into it. So I've been playing this game for several months now. And I'm in a pretty good guild where we share amongst each other. You know, you tell somebody you need gems or you need mana or you need something for this particular event. And usually somebody can give you at least a little bit. And that's Basically what you have to do to try and not put money into playing this game is to get into a good guild where people help you, which is hard in and of itself. So if anybody really wants to join my horror and play this game, hit me up and I can probably get you a space in our guild. Every guild has 30 slots. You can imagine in a game like this, a lot of people stop playing after they Get in and they realize they're going to have to put money in at some point and they don't want to do it. So people cycle out of guilds pretty frequently. So a lot of guilds have um, have openings, but you can play specifically from your guild. You get to play in um Guild Wars, and that can be fun, but it's the same thing where you're playing your deck against someone else's deck, seeing how many of their heroes you can kill, and then you get points for that. And then at the end of the week, or actually those are every day, and at the end of the week, the big winner gets a prize pack. But it's legendary game of heroes if anybody wants to join the love-hate relationship with seeing really cool artwork and special effects and stuff, but it's expensive.
1: When you went guild shopping, <laughs> how, uh-huh. how did you decide these are my people? This is the guild for me.
0: Y- y'all both know that I don't like people. So that's a hard decision for me to make. I played the game for a while and knew how to play the game before I went looking for a guild because, you know, people suck, especially when you're playing a game like that. If you don't know how to play, people can get ugly. And I didn't... uh I didn't want to get into that situation. But unfortunately in this game, you have to join a guild before you can actually see what they're about. They put a little blurb up about what they're looking for. Some of them are real hardcore, as you can expect. They don't want people that are playing all the time and really putting an effort into it and really trying to get maximum points. Others are just like, like my guild, our little byline is, you know, participation. That's all we want. We want people to, you know, hey, show up, play in a few things and be around and that's it. So I spent a couple of days going through the list of guilds that had available options and this one kept coming up and it just kind of spoke to me and I'll tell y'all my, the name of my guild in Legendary Game of Heroes is Black Cat Coven and it just spoke to me and uh, I've been in that was the first guild I joined and um, I haven't left I liked it I like it everybody's friendly and we only want people to participate
1: well Black Cat Coven's one of Ted Nugent's best songs in my opinion <laughs> I don't know if you agree, Mike.
2: I mean, I'm not that big into super conservative music the way that you are, but (laughs) I'll take your word for it. Okay. Trump supporter. (laughs) Uh, Now, I I do have to ask Mel, are you worried? Because, like you said, you know, people suck and you're not a huge people person. Mm -hmm. Are you worried throwing it out there on the podcast that you're going to get a lot of people, you know, using that as a way to get your DMs now? No, no. Let me get up in that guild, girl.
0: They're going to have they're going to have to put money into this game. So if they want to pay to oh, talk okay. to me in this game, then hey, <laughs> they can. That is one of the things. You are limited in the app as to how much interaction you can have with anyone playing the game. This is a international game. There's people from every country playing this game. My guild is mostly USA based. I think we have one foreign player that I know of but you only can talk to people in your guild in the app. They have a separate app that's called the network app. It's the people that made the game where you can talk to anybody in the game. And um, there's a nice little link directly in the app to that secondary app. So you can talk to anybody in the game, but inside the app, you can only talk to your guild.
2: See, Once you start getting into guilds and everything, it sounded really interesting to me. That's where you kind of lose me. Um, Corey once tried to, my friend Corey tried to teach me Dungeons and Dragons once because I, I really want to learn to play, but it just seemed so daunting as somebody with no experience into it to mm-hmm. get into it. So I went over, he, him and his whatever of, of dungeon people, <laughs> big group of them were getting together to, to do Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know. And uh, so I went over uh, to observe and, and Hopefully, pick a few things up. I I got lost pretty quickly and just spent the rest of the night hitting on Corey's mom. So, what's up, Corey's mom? <laughs> so I I never really learned it. <laughs> So this, is this one of those things that if you're not familiar with this type of game, that's difficult to jump into? No,
0: it's basically just one of those match three, you know, any of the gym matching three, that's your main component to the game and then collecting the cards. And that's something that you do. The longer you play, the more cards you're going to get that are going to give you a better deck to play with. And so it can be kind of hard when you first start. Of not having the right kind of cards to play in an event, which is how they suck you into putting gems or money into something. Gotcha. But the guilds, my guild, that's one of the things I like about them. If you ask for help, somebody will try to help you. If you need a particular item to help evolve a card to the next level, most of us have what. If we've got some players that have been playing for quite a while, so mostly somebody's going to have something that you that you need. You can also only gift items to people in your guild, so that's one of the reasons to kind of play nice with your guild. But there are some people out there, guilds, like I said, that are way more hardcore than the one that I'm in, but you don't have to know anything about the history of the game. The app that they made is pretty cool in that they have a story going on, but I really think most of the people playing the game have no idea what the story is going on is that you get mana you get they actually give you something if you'll read that week's story And it's just, it's, you know, one little phone screen of text, but I don't think most people actually read it. They just click on it and go, yeah, I read this so that they get their mana and go away. So I don't see a lot that people really caught up in the story. I'm a nerd that I read most of the story, but honestly, I'll say it doesn't make a lot of sense most of the time.
2: Well, we know that Kelly's not a reader, so it's good to know that he can skip that (laughs) and still potentially get into the game. I also like the idea that you guys are helping each other out. I, You guys are better people than me already. I would never do that Duh. even in just like,
1: <laughs> even wow. in just like set regular, the bar high buddy
2: even in like regular card games and things like that I would cheat every opportunity that I can get I was trying to teach the tiny humans to to play rummy last week I cheated my ass off with those kids stomp them into the ground <laughs> guilds character.
0: They'll join they'll join a guild someday that'll come after you.
2: Yeah, and they'll be like, "See, we play D&D now and you never learned." Yeah. What's up, Corey's mom?
1: <laughs> so I, I'm I imagine kinda, she's still in the picture. I'm kind of hoping she's not your recommendation for this week. <laughs> No, of course not. We're still on Mel's recommendation.
0: I, I pretty much i am I'm tapped out here. I think I've said everything I can say about it. I love and hate this game. I like my guild. I've got good people in there. It's got really cool artwork. It's fun to play when it's not trying to suck money out of you. So there you go. Legendary, Game of Heroes. It's really cool.
2: Do you see all the jokes I didn't make about Mel's last statement? That's personal growth. Yes.
0: I, I,
1: I know. I, was, I appreciate it. I was it. waiting for the whole... Series of comments you're gonna make about paying people to talk to you. <laughs> so I thought, I thought there was gonna be something there, but
2: that popped in my head as well. But I said nothing. Wow. It's, okay, it's really I, I, I do,
0: I do appreciate that, Mike. Thank you. I'm a classic. Save it guy. up for Kelly.
1: Yeah, it's awesome.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, would I be in your guild and whatever you were putting together?
1: That's a hard no. <laughs> so. <sighs>
2: back to Corey's mom. If I played All D&D,
0: right. you could you could be in my, my D&D party. I would let you.
2: Thank you. I appreciate Thank that, you. Mel. You would Thank also you. have to teach me how to play d and
0: <laughs> I'm not very good at it either. I haven't played since I was uh, very young. But.
2: Well, see, with Corey's party, uh, it's a group of people who've been playing together for years. So they're, mm-hmm. they're just so far into it that I, I think it was just... It was a bad introduction to it not because they're they're not great at what they're doing just yeah as a novice that that wasn't the way to, to initially experience it
0: yeah i understand it's fun when you all get to start out at level one characters together but when you're joining a party and they're all way over overpowered for what you're doing it can be very confusing
1: so that could be a good fun additional piece of content at some point in time is to get the three of us and maybe find a couple other people to <laughs> do some live D&D games. Oh, God. I would love to do something like that. Have you guys seen any of the
2: Truth or Drink videos online? No. They've been doing these for like a couple of years years there's a youtube channel that started and they actually made like they printed up the cards that they use so you can purchase them and play with each other and basically it's, it's like a truth or dare game but you're asking the, the people your friends or relatives you're doing with these really personal uncomfortable questions that they can either answer or take a shot if they choose not to answer the questions i thought that would be a good thing for the three of us
0: oh yeah i'd be taking shots and then i'd pass up. so <laughs> <laughs> It wouldn't. It wouldn't take very long. What happens? Is there a penalty for passing out?
2: Well, I mean, the the videos are only like two minutes long, so I don't.
0: Oh, <laughs> I don't okay. Go
2: that long. It's just a handful of questions. But I mean, if we were to fill a whole podcast with it, I'm sure we would be endangering our lives at some point.
1: So I'm not sure. Truth or drinks a whole lot different than squat cobbler. To be honest with you, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't see a lot of difference.
2: Well, see, here's the thing, and I'm not sure if Mel's aware of this. I've been trying to get Kelly to do a podcast where we play Truth or Dare with the guests, and he does not seem into that. So maybe I assume (laughs) it's the dare part of it that you're concerned about. So with Truth or Drink, we're taking the dare out, and you can just choose to do a shot.
1: Awesome. That sounds just great. Yeah.
2: (laughs) You heard it there, people.
0: Right. Sounds like a good way for me to get alcohol poisoning.
2: (laughs) I feel pretty strongly that I'll come out on top of that because I had a really dark childhood, so I can drink.
0: Just let me know I'll have to go get some vodka.
2: <laughs> That's your drink of choice, vodka?
0: Yeah, nice yeah I don't. Why waste time? It's my motto.
2: I'm a nineties wine cooler I... <laughs>
0: uh, they're they're okay, I guess. But...
2: <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually ever actually had
1: one they were they were so popular
2: for a while though I just remember them being everywhere.
1: Yeah, so there's this thing called White Claw now. Have you heard of that, Mike, since you're a 90 I've
2: seen them. I haven't tried it, though. I've had other – I believe it, it, it is seltzer water with alcohol, though, and I've had other seltzer water, other alcoholic seltzer water. White Claw I have not tried, though.
0: Alcoholic seltzer water does not sound good to me.
2: I do drink a lot of seltzer water, so
0: uh, it does okay. combine
2: two interests of mine okay personally though if i'm gonna get you know if i'm going to get drunk (laughs) that's not what i'm gonna reach for probably
0: okay
1: but we'll find out when we all play truth or drink together (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i think or d and d would be better but (laughs) go ahead (laughs) what's the worst that could happen kelly oh i don't know (laughs) it seems (laughs) like bad things
0: Possibly bad things, yes.
2: I mean, it's pre printed questions, though, so it's not, I can't ask you the probing things the listeners really want to know.
0: Good. He is also the only one that has this game, so we don't <laughs> actually know <laughs> what the questions are if he puts so a totally new one. Totally
1: says this.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I think when it was incredibly personal questions, that was when I kind of fell off. <laughs>
2: so. <laughs> so, my recommendation will be short this week. <laughs> Like most of you, I ran into the really common homeowner problem of not having a turntable in my merchandise room, Okay, (laughs) as so many people have run into. Uh, So I have a few different turntables. I'm a big music fan. Is anybody who... listen to anything that Kelly and I have done. No, lots and lots of vinyl in here. I have probably five or 6,000 records. So vinyl is frequently (laughs) on. So we do have echo speakers all over the house, the Amazon echo speakers for listening to the digital music, which is good because we can either confine it to certain rooms or combine rooms or even have it play throughout the house if we needed to. For the turntables though, I'm trying to get a few in the doctor's office areas so that there's some different options depending on where you're at. Uh, And I wanted something for the merchandise. Room, but the merchandise room is something where you're really in and out of all the time and things are getting moved around. So I kind of wanted something that was sturdier, a little bit bigger, uh, not something that I was going to spend a ton of money on because again there are other turntables here. But I also didn't want one of the, and, and this isn't a knock on those, but you know something like the Crosley turntables that you would see at like Target or something like that for 20 or $30. Again, nothing against those. If you guys like those, that's great. Um, I just wanted something that was maybe a little higher end than that, but not something where I was spending hundreds of dollars on it, but still kind of sturdy and i came across the uh the victrola mid-century model uh which is more of a furniture piece like the old antique record players were big wooden box (laughs) Mm that takes up half of the table that it sits on but i was a big fan of it really impressed with it right off the bat so i've seen mixed reviews of them online the company's been around for a really long time but i've seen mixed reviews of these turntables because they are they're not super high-end audiophile stuff this isn't something you're spending a thousand dollars on and you would expect to sound like that but some people apparently do expect it to sound like that it does sound and, and work much much better than the lower end model stuff that you would see at a target or a walmart and again nothing against those just this hit the right mark that I was looking for. It also has a CD player for anybody who remembers what those are. <laughs> and my personal favorite medium, cassette tapes, it does have a cassette player in there as well. I, I sent Kelly a picture to use, hopefully, in the blog post of this of me playing the Troll 2 soundtrack on cassette on it. So, because I know Kelly's a huge Troll 2 fan, as he, he's mentioned over and again.
1: Cost me three ninety nine to watch that piece of crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh that that's the soundtrack we're talking about
1: <laughs> yes yeah but um, I've, I've i've moved on yeah. he hasn't
2: let it affect him
0: yeah i've i'd almost blocked that movie out of my head thanks a lot
2: <laughs> you're welcome guys
1: oh my if
2: it, god <laughs> if it makes you feel better the cassette is green so
1: that's nice <laughs>
2: Troll um, 2 so I actually, featuring
1: goblins. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so I actually didn't even realize it had a cassette deck on it when I bought it. I was just looking for something with a turntable. It also happened to have the CD player. Does have a radio on it? I honestly couldn't even tell you any local radio stations, so that'll probably never get used. But it is Bluetooth as well, which is which is good. So if anybody's doing the merch packing for us and they want to play something off their phone, they can. There there is built-in speakers. with they're decent, honestly, for what they are and for what the price range is they're decent speakers there is various audio jacks on the back though so you could put higher end speakers on there if you wanted to so if the sound quality is really not up to par for you if you want something that's higher end you could put better speakers on this uh the turntable platter is decent the only thing that i would say for people who are vinyl collectors like me the one quibble you'll probably have with it and this is actually something that would be a benefit to 99 percent of the people (laughs) who would probably purchase it it is a fully automated turntable so Uh, The turntable starts spinning when you lift the needle up and drop it down onto the record. Um, It is a lever that drops it down onto the record. It is not manual. For certain types of records, if you're a big vinyl collector, there are special edition records that have different types of grooves on them, have different speeds on the same record and things like that. In order to get the most out of those records, you do need a fully manual turntable so that you can control where the arm and needle are going to go so that you can get to these different parts of the record. A manual turntable will not get you through parts of that record. 99% of the people though who may have an interest in getting a turntable will never come across that and that will never be an issue for them. So it, it's really a minor quibble, but for my vinyl collector friends, it is something that I think is worth pointing out to them. Otherwise though, for the price point of what it is, it's big, it's sturdy. It reminds me of the old like record players as furniture in your house kind of thing. Not quite as big, but large. It takes up a good amount of real estate. It's perfect for the room that it's in. The speakers are fine for the room that it's in. It's not a particularly big, Room, so we didn't need something that was gonna, you know, rattle the walls or anything like that. So I'm not gonna be attaching additional speakers to it. It's more than getting the job done for the price point that it was. So I definitely recommend this for people who are looking for a turntable that's a little bit higher end than what you see for a lot of the consumer stuff right now, but don't want to drop six, seven, eight
1: hundred dollars on the turntable. So what what is the price point?
2: Uh so I actually got it on sale. This particular model I've been seeing online for around $150. I paid a little bit less than that. I found it on sale.
0: What's what's it called again? It is the
2: it's the Victrola mid century model.
0: Okay.
2: It's modeled off nineteen fifties record players.
0: I was gonna say, does it have the big horn?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh by the way, Mike.
0: Oh, it's cute. (laughs) (laughs) I like it.
1: So Mike, I, I have a Crosby turntable judgy but judge pants so, you know. <laughs> I wasn't,
2: and again I said I, I'm not judging but we wanted something again there's tons of vinyl here everybody around here is picky <laughs> about, about how they listen to their vinyl so I wanted something and I, I needed something that was sturdier because there's people in and out of the room all the time I actually like the look of the the Crosby ones the, uh, the suitcase kind of look of some of them I actually think those look cool I'm sure the speakers aren't fantastic but I'm sure you can also attach external speakers to those as well but I like the look of them but something like that would never work in that space because somebody's going to hit the table it's on and that's going to fall so i needed something that was more substantial but i really didn't want to put like i said six seven eight hundred dollars out on a high-end turntable that is in a room that's getting that much use so this was the perfect middle ground for me
0: yeah and it comes in espresso or a farmhouse color or a gray looks like
1: so mel did what do you think did mike go espresso or farmhouse Espresso. That be my vote. I'm going to say that's what it is. I didn't realize that there are <laughs> the colors available. It is a dark wood. <laughs> that that's that be espresso. I would think.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're they're showing a gray too, but I would imagine espresso is the most common one. But if you are in the need of a light oak farmhouse color, everyone out there, it comes in farmhouse too. I like it.
1: So you don't like the Crosby turntables? That's what you're telling me, Mel.
0: <laughs> I don't. Y- y'all know I'm not really into vinyl, so I don't have one. However, I inadvertently ordered some K-pop stuff, and I got. I have like seven K- vinyl okay. K-pop. So
1: okay. So time time out oh, <laughs> time so time out. Back. <laughs> I've got yeah. We got. So, I have vinyl how,
0: K-pop, y'all.
1: So how does one accidentally? <laughs> secure vinyl k-pop it's like oh i i I slipped and fell and ordered vinyl no
0: no um and for the price of them i had no idea they were actually albums i didn't have any idea they were supposed to be picture i thought they were little picture picture discs of the of the band and when they came it was in this huge box and i opened it up and yeah it's vinyl (laughs) i was like oh i don't have a player (laughs) for this they never told me what it was they just wanted me to buy it and I went okay
1: did they call you or was this a, a direct no I... no maybe
0: maybe one of these days I'll talk about my um my k-pop bands I got into k-pop a while back that, I'm yeah. sure I'm sure y'all want to hear about an my
2: amazing, k-pop. Like, road story let me tell you about the time I got into k-pop <laughs> I'll start it a while yeah. back
0: it did. Okay. It 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 did. So okay. I, but I, I hate I hate to be, you know, so cliched. But anyway.
1: Yeah, so you need to go through your fast vital K pop collection there, Mel. <laughs> and and uh <laughs> Pick your favorite, and then I think that that sounds like a really good squat cop Or we can do an album review on Mel's favorite K-pop album. That'd be fun.
0: No, oh but God, but they're up. they're all the same album. <laughs> they oh. just have different different a different group member on the front. See, that's why I thought there's there's just Wait, a how many
2: thing. copies of this album do you own? Are there are <laughs> like seven. Are the there albums? are
0: like seven of them. It was you get the you whole own seven
2: band. copies of the same K the record.
0: same K-pop record. Yes. That's amazing. I know What's the name of this record? I don't even know. <laughs> well, because I don't have a turntable to play it on. No, it's um I'll, I'll tell y'all it's an NCT 127 album, I believe. I don't remember which one. Major so
1: we need to review those. Kelly. Pretty sure that the album's titled Major Cash Inflow <laughs> for the band. Yeah.
0: Yeah, basically. And yep. and that was the purpose of it. It was dirt cheap. And it was, that's what it is. They get album sales, I think, for each one of those. But, hey, we're going to basically give them away. Hmm. So I had no idea what I was buying until they showed up. And I'm like, what do I do with this? (laughs) There you go.
1: You can go out and buy a turntable.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Prefers the Crosley's?
1: Yeah, you can can buy crappy Crosley or, (laughs) you know, Mike's (laughs) Mike's super nice, much better than that. Whatever you like. Well, I,
0: have a, I do I do have a sizable CD collection still, but I don't listen to it. I don't know the last time I listened to a CD because I have it all on digital now. I have Apple Music.
1: Well, send those CDs to Mike because he's got to decorate a room. <laughs> <You know? laughs> all right. Well, I will give uh, anything else, Mike? Or no, no,
2: I think that's it. Hopefully, you'll share the pictures so everybody can see what color I chose and see the beautiful green... Troll 2 cassette. <laughs> yeah, I might
1: have trouble posting that. Well, we'll see.
2: <laughs> I may have also, in in a not at all shameless plug sort of way, shown the CD player holding a pagan CD.
1: That's a shocker. <laughs> there we go.
0: Totally acceptable.
1: Okay, so my recommendation is something that I intentionally bought <laughs> and planned to. <laughs> as a, this is what I wanted, and it was to kind of go full circle. There's a bit of a love-hate relationship I have with it as well. And it's the Netgear Orbi Tri-Band Whole Home Mesh Wi-Fi System. So on way back in the day on us, Nurture and Support, Mel and I discussed that we'd cut the cord here and had jumped off a cable and gone to streaming only, using Sling, and uh, we're a very Wi-Fi-dependent household these days. And there were some limitations, and I think another recommendation I made at some point dealt with the Whole Home Network where you could use these little plugins to leverage the electronic wiring in your house and basically kind of create Ethernet connections throughout your house and get a pretty good uh, connection that way. As we continued to build things, and we've got a tableau for uh, grabbing uh, antenna signals and local stations, got Sling, got all kinds of other things going on uh, with the lighting and all that kind of stuff. So a reliable, strong Wi-Fi throughout the household was important. And all of a sudden, my whole home network started dropping on a regular basis. And that's uh, one of the challenges with this, depending on what's kind of running through your electronics at that point in time, that occasionally you might lose signal and do some of those things. So it started to become remarkably unreliable. So I said, maybe it's time to kind of up our kind of Wi-Fi process. And I'd heard about the home mesh networks, and it seemed like a good way to go. There were a couple pretty good options out there. I went with the Orbi. Not entirely inexpensive it's around two hundred dollars on amazon prime however if you do not have an amazon prime store card and you want to get one of those no annual fee by the way it drops down to fifty (laughs) dollars so it's actually a pretty good deal and what you get is a kind of central hub router and then two satellites with this three pack that you get for 200 bucks or 50 bucks if you do the amazon thing and it just lets you really kind of amp up your Wi-Fi throughout the household. And NET, I'm pleased with it. It has really addressed the, the antenna. Tableau stuff is fantastic because each of these satellites also contains a Ethernet jack out of the back of them. So I can kind of connect that into the Tableau and I have a much better signal from there. And through the three floors of the house and all that, we can get pretty good signal all the way across it's a tri-band and and this is where i'm i'm not a big network guy and this is where i get a little bit confused because i'm familiar with the two gig and the five gig networks that go out to kind of connect so what you get with you get a better throughput with the five than you do with the two but the two has a better range but what has turned out is like all the other cool gadgets you can get like oh i want to go buy a wi-fi connected outlet all those run on 2.4. That's that's basically all they run on, and because this is a tri-band and it just kind of cycles it and gives you the best band it can, uh, you you can't really connect the things very well until you go in. And this was based on a lot of research <laughs> that I had to do. I have to go in and turn down my five my five signal. And then take the device I have and move it far away from the router (laughs) so that I guarantee that I'm at the lower bandwidth process to actually do the connection. Once I get everything connected, all the lights and outlets and all those things can kind of work. But depending how big your abode is and how much coverage you need to do, something like this is, is really handy. Like I said, I'm not a network guy. And one of the things that's I want to put a caveat on this, because I'm sure I've probably done something horribly wrong here. They talk about, oh, so let's say you have a modem that is both a router and a modem, which is what I have. They say, well, you go ahead and shut the radio signal off the modem and you connect it to the Orbi. And then you need to bridge from the modem to the Orbi, and then it'll act as your your router as well. I didn't do that. (laughs) I just connected it, turned it on, and it worked. I don't think I'm officially bridged yet, but it's working, and it's working really solid, and we're getting things through the house. But... Uh, When you get in a situation where you really need to amp out, there's a couple good options out there. The Orbi ultimately was the one I went with. Another thing that I'm mildly confused on is they said, well, a downside of the Orbi is that you have this kind of central router that connects to a satellite, and then that satellite connects to the next satellite. So it's more of a linear connection versus... That central connection independently connecting to the satellites. So that's what they say. But I'm, I'm independently connecting to the satellites. So it's pretty cool. Got the connection there. But it's really created a situation where I've got much better Wi-Fi throughout the household. I'm not having the drops that I was getting with the whole home network kind of through the electrical system. And so I've been able to kind of have the antenna connected. All the Roku's running through the house. Game systems. And so that's all kind of worked out really well. And then, of course, all the Philips Hue and all the other kind of additional connections that i that i want to kind of have from a home automation standpoint so again to kind of depending on your situation and i think mike given the fact you're in a compound you might want to look at something like this this is a good way to kind of extend your wi-fi network out like i said it is super tricky because when i for my 3d printer i added a an outlet, a Wi Fi controlled outlet, and a camera so that if my print's going bad, I can shut it off remotely and not waste any more filament. And when I brought this in, it took me a couple days to eventually be able to actually connect that because it's very, very hard to find a, a five outlet you've got to go with uh you've got to go with the two those have been a bit of my challenges but it has been super reliable i'm not getting drops anymore it is a complete pain in the butt to try and connect when you get the kind of more cost effective smart lights those all tend to run in 2.4 as well and so uh it's a bit of a hassle i've had to take lamps downstairs <laughs> get them connected <laughs> and then take them back up to where i want them but once i'm connected i'm good So it is a pretty handy thing. I do recommend if you're Wi-Fi dependent, eventually looking at, and you've got a couple good options out there, I am ultimately pleased with the performance of the Orbi beyond the fact of setup for some of the lower bandwidth devices are a pain in the butt to set up.
0: Hmm, Cool. I've heard good things about the Orbi. I don't have one
1: comes with some nice security, too, uh, in, in terms of it'll kind of report out if there were bad URLs trying to hit different parts of your network. It captures those and stops them and does a lot of that. You're able to kind of see every single device connected in your home. You can disconnect them if you want to. You can kind of monitor from there. So it's it's a pretty rich service. But like I said, some of the setup is a little bit challenging when you've got to go with the lower gigahertz process.
0: Yeah, you're more technological than me. I don't have any smart lights
1: he has a cross lance
0: he's
2: not that <laughs> okay. shut up
0: I, I i still have to use my you know i still have to turn the little knob to turn my lamps on
2: savage yep.
0: <laughs> i know i'm in the wilds of texas you know i i hey i'm happy i have pseudo internet again so i won't complain
1: yeah i can do the super exciting things of, of talking into the the home assistant and asking it to turn all the lights off and turn all the lights on and yay. <laughs> you know that's kinda
0: that's kind of the fun. modern day clapper.
1: Yep. Yep. But I don't have to clap. All I have to do is say hey <laughs> Google. <laughs> we have the echoes here
2: and there is
1: seven or eight of them or something like oh, that. Echoes. Now. Echoes the poor man Google. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the it's cro the Crosley that. of home assistants. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but we have like 7 or 8 of them now and there's go- there's going to be more coming uh cuz we need one for the the tiny humans room and for the guest room uh, so basically there will be one in every major area of the compound so we we cut the cable cord a long time ago but at that time we were in an apartment that was so for philadelphia a very large apartment it was probably seven, eight hundred square feet, something like that, which again for Philadelphia is gigantic. <laughs> um our apartments tend to run in the three to four hundred square feet range. So it was almost like twice the size of a normal apartment. So now the compound itself, the entire property I believe Leave is 6,000 square feet or a little more than 6,000 square feet. It's a little bit bigger <laughs> than the apartment was. We don't have cable, but we do pay a substantial amount for the business class <laughs> internet options and all that to, to make sure that everything is covered that we need. And because there's 8,000 devices in here that are connected to everything, because not just all the smart home stuff and everything running off of Wi-Fi, but of course, everybody has phones and tablets. And then doing everything in the studio, there's like thirty. Wi-Fi devices in here and nothing at all in the house is hardwired. I'm not a fan of that because I like things to be able to be moved when they need to be. Uh, So we hardwire nothing. The one problem that we've run into even paying for the, the higher end service, there is one area in the living room that is a complete... Wi-Fi dead zone. We've tried moving the router. So the easiest place to put the the main router is in what is the like laundry utility kind of room. They ran the wires. So the wires are behind the houses on our, our street. Uh, there's like a long drive that goes behind the houses because we are right off of a major road. So they don't put them on the major road. Everything's behind the houses. There's a long drive that goes up and then they run, there's a telephone pole in our, our little parking lot area and they run the wire for the cable from that to the house because there's nothing else to do with telephone poles these days. So they run the wire into there. So it's easiest place to get to, but even we've tried moving the, the core router around. There's just nothing you can do. To get Wi-Fi in that spot. And unfortunately, that's where the TV has to go. The living room is an odd shape because this entire building or property or whatever you want to call it was, at one point was all offices. There was no house part, So it was the last, it had been a few different practices here. And the last doctor was a chiropractor. So he didn't need 30 offices. So it's two floors, the top floor he converted into a house. So it has a living room, dining room, kitchen, three bedrooms, some closets. He's the one who converted it to that. So the living room is kind of What was like a waiting room in one of the offices. So it's kind of an odd shape, not the way it would have been designed if it was originally a house. So there's really only one spot you can put the TV because of the way it's it's all sort of situated. And our door is hinged in reverse than the way a door normally is because they needed to be able to get wheelchairs through because of it being a doctor's office. So our door is hinged the reverse way. So you're you're very limited on where you can put it. And that's the one spot that doesn't get Wi-Fi. So we bought a really expensive (laughs) Wi-Fi extender that gets us just enough to be able to watch TV in there. But if you try and add anything else in the living room, you get nothing. So we've tried putting smart lights in the living room nothing at all you can turn the light on and off but you cannot voice control it whatsoever so i don't know maybe this this is the solution that i've been looking for for it
0: yeah it could work
1: it could work i mean i would like I actually i was super happy with the whole home network for a long time you're talking about i think 50 bucks to get a, a set of them and you just pop those into an outlet and you know connect it to your your router and then you go to the next room that you want to and plug it into there and drop another ethernet cable off of that. And it, it was super reliable and did a good job for a long time, but then we started to run into all sorts of drops and I think it just had to do with it. So I, I don't know how, if your wiring's solid <laughs> in your house uh, and, and the complex, it doesn't have too much stuff going on. It might be a, a slightly more cost effective way to go, but uh, the is also definitely worth a look because you could kind of chain those, um, satellites together and you could get a really good signal like i said beyond the fact of the 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 setup of 2.4 gigahertz stuff is a bit of a hassle because it because it's a tri-band, and I don't know what the third band is, this is, I kind of know this stuff but I don't, since it's a tri-band. I go, well I only know of two, 2.4 and 5 gigahertz, and so, uh, what's the deal with that third band, but it doesn't let you, the, the modem I used to have had two very discrete channels, and I could connect you to the 2.4 or the 5 and, uh, in the new environment it just does whatever it can with whatever, and so you have to kind of monkey with it but, and my guess is a lot of your smart if you got smart lights and all those types of things that run at 2.4, but it's worth a look, and the trick will just be to <laughs> get far enough away drop the drop the five gig uh, uh, gigahertz signal way down and uh, you can do it but uh, if you end up going that way, let me know Mike and I can kind of go through my painful process i went through to get everything working yeah because
2: i mean i've been trying to figure out something because i really want to get lights in the living room (laughs) things like that you can illuminate so we do have a light in there that you you have to touch with your hands like an animal um and (laughs) so so (laughs) are the only only things you touch with your hands those animals mike (laughs) (laughs) and then the living room does get get decent light um our one wall that faces out to the street is just all windows so I mean you get good light during the day and then um, our dining room like opens up into the living room so you get the lights from the dining room and all that so it's not that big a deal but I would like to just have you know a smaller light in the living room and occasionally we do lose the signal to the TV it's most of the time it's fine every once in a while though you'll lose it for a few minutes and it's frustrating when that happens what's odd though is I mean I can add a hundred devices <laughs> to this network that we have and nothing slows it down and nothing it's just that area and i've even gone as far as to like say put my phone or my tablet on the wi-fi network i can step outside which i have to walk through that area that wi-fi dead zone to step outside to go out the front door onto the ramp and i'll have wi-fi pass there so it's it's just that however many square feet of the living room it's really bizarre
1: is is that the room you have heavily soundproofed
2: Uh, no, not unless they, not unless it was done that way while it was a doctor's office. There's no soundproofing up there. There's soundproofing in the studio where I'm at now. And that's fine. I have like 30 wifi, but there's
1: the most wifi devices here. Is the pit in your household heavily soundproofed or (laughs) not?
2: But yeah, I've, I've wondered, like, not soundproofing wise, but like when they either did the construction or when it was a doctor's out. Like, is there something weird behind the walls that's, <laughs> that's blocking that?
0: It's probably just haunted.
2: You can contact us on our website, nurtureandsupport.net, or email us at NurtAndSupp at gmail.com. That's N U R T A N D S U P P at gmail.com, or tweet us at sup on Twitter. You can also catch Nurture and Support on YouTube. Just search Nurture and Support or Kelly Tool. Nurturing and Supporting. Turn